1: I want
2: you to think about something can you imagine after the rapture the mass confusion plane after plane after plane who has a believer captain crashes you're having surgery you're on the table your surgeon is a believer and you just multiply that times billions of times that's what's going to happen.
0: There have been books and movies produced that try to show what will happen when the rapture takes place. Probably like most productions, these have little or no resemblance to what actually will occur. The catastrophes that will result from the sudden disappearance of millions of people around the world who were engaged in their normal daily activities is unimaginable. But Pastor Mark will be teaching about a greater calamity that will happen to each person who is left behind. That disaster will be that they are now subject to God's final judgment on the earth, to be poured out without restraint. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as he continues his message, are you ready for the rapture?
1: Let us hear your lessons
2: believe Let's go to chapter five. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we do not need to write you. Now, what is he talking about? Ever since even Paul's day, to this day, people are telling you when the rapture is coming. I'll just say it very quickly. If somebody comes to you and says, I found this guy, the guy's brilliant. He knows that the rapture's coming. Here's when it's coming and here's why it's coming. He's wrote a whole book on it. Just say to the person, thank you very much. God said he will tell us when the rapture's coming because it's going to be instant. We have no idea what the date is. In fact, do you know that Jesus doesn't know when the rapture is going to occur? Only God. So, you know how many years I've been a Christian, 70 years. I've watched these things come and go for 70 years. Here's the date. Here's how it works. Here's what's going to happen. Every one of those people are totally confused. There is no date to the rapture. Only God knows when it's going to happen. So, if you buy a book like that, if you need to, then put it right in the fireplace and and be warm by it and go on. Now, verse 2. For you know that very well, the day of the Lord, which I just talked about, will come like a thief in the night. In that context, again, it's talking about the rapture. After the rapture, immediately seven years of God wrath come on unbelieving, godless people. Now, the thief in the night simply means this. There's no warning. There's absolutely no warning. You know, you say, hey, honey, Fox News just sent me an email here. God's coming back this afternoon. No, that's not true. You're going to get no warning. Now, if you want to write this down, you can. It's very simple. We'll help you sometimes. Three times in the New Testament, we have focus on the rapture. Starts with Jesus, John 14. And then... Paul here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And now, look at here. This is Paul writing Corinth. This is about the rapture. This whole chapter about 15 is mostly about the rapture. So let's read what Paul writes. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Remember, the rapture wasn't known in the Old Testament. They didn't know what it means. And it wasn't a secret. We, Christ followers, will not all die. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, and when the last trumpet is blown. Now look at the next part. For when the trumpet sounds, those Christ followers who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. So there's exactly the same thing we just all went through. There's going to be two of those things. Believers who already have died, they're going to go first. Then everybody that's alive as a believer on the world is going to go at the same time. Now, look at the timing of this. The rapture will come suddenly in the twinkle of an eye without warning. And I want you to just wink at your neighbor. Come on, everybody, just get your eye going. You can practice winking. Just wink once at your neighbor. This isn't flirting. This is winking. All right? How fast was that? How fast was it? Was it fast? Was it really fast? Well, here's how fast it is. They've measured it. Four-tenths of a second. You know, there's some unbelievers that think they can wait and get ready in time for the rapture. Really? Really? I use this illustration because I think it's perfect. Pastor Mark, I'm not a believer yet, but I'm practicing. I'll be ready. For the rapture. Okay, let me see how that works. And he says this. God forgive me and save me. Sorry, too slow. God forgive. Way too slow. God, too slow. G, too slow. (laughs) Am I right? What has he done? He's missed it. You don't have a choice. It's impossible. Now, I want you to think about something. Can you imagine after the rapture? The mass confusion, plane after plane after plane, who has a believer, captain, crashes. You're having surgery. You're on the table. Your surgeon is a believer. And you just multiply that times billions of times. That's what's going to happen in an instant and see, you have to understand, outside these walls, people have no idea what's coming. That's why Paul wrote this. Here's another thing you have to understand. There's going to be a lot of pastors today who don't believe in any of this. they become so liberal, they don't believe in anything in the Bible. They're going to run to a church And they're going to find some of their people, actually probably most of their people, saying, what happened? I don't know. But I led you wrong all these years. Do you understand why I'm here to teach the word of God? It's not my word. If the rapture happened right now, Who would I be teaching to? I would be teaching to nobody because I'm gone. But I guarantee you, some of you will be here. Do you see what that young man did when he went home? His mother went, put the keys in the door. He came back, sees the keys in the door. Where does he run to? The church. Is there anybody there? No. This isn't to shock you. There's no way for us to know how horrible that's going to be. Now, there's all kind of theories. There's newspapers that already have the headlines, all that kind of stuff. You have to understand this. Every unbeliever will miss the rapture. Every unbeliever will be left behind. Every single one. And what happens to them? Here it is. At the rapture, it's done. Now we begin the seven years of tribulation. The worst part is the second half. The first part, the Antichrist will come. And what's going to happen with all of that is simply this. The Antichrist is going to bring good news. And the people are going to think, wow, everything's fine. There's some people now that think that the newspapers will say, well, we don't know what happened to those billions of people. But probably the aliens got them. Seriously. They're talking about it. No, we're in heaven with God. But what the world is going to do, the Antichrist is coming. That's what we'll talk about when we get to parts of Revelation. We're not going to do the whole book, obviously, but we're going to talk about that. And the Antichrist will come. He's called the Antichrist because he takes the place of Christ. And the Jewish people are going to be totally confused. And during this time, the Antichrist comes in, and they think he's the answer to man's problems. And some of that first time is going to be pretty good. And then he goes and sits in the Jewish temple and says... Worship me, I'm God. And the Jewish people go, uh, we've been deceived. And you know what God's going to do from that point? All hell breaks loose. There'll be millions and millions and millions and millions of people that will lose their life. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, what happens? If every unbeliever is left, where are the Christians? They're all where? In heaven. We're all gone. There are none. Well, can a person during those seven years as an unbeliever get saved? Absolutely. See, when the church leaves, do you know what's keeping our world from being totally chaos today? It's the church of Jesus Christ. Because we teach the word. When the church is gone, the Holy Spirit's still here. And he's talking to people, trying to get them what? Saved. He's the one that convicts, I can't get you saved. Saved. No man can get you saved. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts your heart and draws you to Jesus. So many people will become Christians. That's good news. Here's the bad news. Most of them will be martyred for Jesus Christ. See, this is why I always say, when I give an altar call, well, Pastor, I, really don't, I don't really have the guts to get up and raise my hand or pray that prayer and come and see you afterward. Well, if you can't stand for Jesus Christ, and make a stand from him in a church filled with loving people who had to make the very same thing that you did, you'll never make it in the tribulation. Because you're going to have to say to the Antichrist, I will not take the mark of the beast. You got the guts to do that then? Not a chance. Now, here's good news. When the Jews are absolutely deceived, you know what God does? He takes 12,000 from each tribe. Jewish people, totally confused, never believed in Jesus. Now they know they made the mistake years and years ago. So he takes 144,000 Jews and he puts a mark on them that cannot be erased. And it said to the enemy, don't touch my people. And for those last three and a half years, Those 144,000 plus some angels will go through the world and be witnesses, and many millions of people will come to Jesus Christ. What does that show you? Remember, the day of the Lord can be a what? Disaster and can be a blessing. But guys, I don't care to go there. Let's get it done before we die. Before the rapture comes. Amen. So let me go quickly through and you can understand where I'm going with this. Now, Jesus said that seven years will be destruction. Man has never seen before and will never see again. You don't even want to think about what's going to happen. So here's again the statement. Believers must be prepared and ready for our rapture and our death. Look what Paul writes. Philippians chapter 3. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies, change them into a glorious body like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. You see, you're going to go to heaven, but I'm not there yet. So notice those words, eagerly waiting for him to return. What I've taught you is not Calvary Chapel. It's not Mark Ballmer. It's the Word of God. It's going to happen. You're going to die. It's going to happen. It's appointed on a man once to die. And after death, the judgment. As we told you before, there's no recreation, there's no coming back again. That's it. So we have hope, but this should give us a sense of urgency. I want you to think about all the people we know, your neighbors. My neighbors. My wife was walking the dog on Friday. We usually walk together early in the morning. And I said, honey, when you go by the houses of many of the people in our neighborhood that are wonderful people, they just don't know the Lord. They're not interested in the Lord. I said, just pray as you walk by the houses. I hate to think about those people. Panicked, confused, desperate. And I never said anything to them. So see, we have to be open. I I didn't tell her to go knocking on the door. Say the rapture's coming would mean nothing to them. But we need to ask God, here's what I want you to write. Be ready for the rapture and our death by sharing the gospel. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. How do you have the privilege of knowing that I need to be ready for my death? And I know how to do it. How do you have the privilege of knowing you can be ready for the rapture. How do I? I don't know. It's the grace of God. But the good news is too good to keep to ourselves. Guys, let's wake up. Our friends, our neighbors, our relatives are lost. You saw the panic in the video. That's just a scratch of what's going to happen. Of course, you're not going to show the video to them, that's the believers to remind us there's an urgency of sharing. This is not a game we're in. This is no time to argue about crazy stuff. This is a time to realize the value of a soul. Paul goes on and he says this. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be ready by standing firm on the truths of the Bible. You know what the Bible teaches about end times? Some people teach this. At the end times, before the rapture, there's going to be a great revival. Wrong. When we get to Second Thessalonians, you're going to see this. That as we get toward the rapture, there's going to be, Paul says it like this, a great falling away. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about what we're already experiencing in our world. You can go into many churches today. You'll never hear the word sin. For sure, you'll never hear the word hell. And it doesn't matter what lifestyle you have or what you're doing. It's okay because the Bible is outdated and we have to be modern and get into what the society says. But what did Paul warn us about? Don't get squeezed in. By the deceit of the world. See, the minute you and I leave this and go, well, that really doesn't apply to today. You say, well, nobody would do that. Look at the churches in our world that are supposedly Christian churches. You'll see that. What are they doing? They're damning their people to hell. That's not what a shepherd does. The great shepherd tells me to preach all the word of God. If that's not a church you like, then you will not be comfortable here. But I teach it with love. You say, well, them doesn't sound like love. Look, guys, I love you. The last thing I want to do is to watch seats filled, and I'm gone. Nobody here wants that. We don't want our neighbors, our friends, our relatives. We all have that. This is a real thing. We're in a spiritual warfare. But God has the victory. Now, look what he says here, 58. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because that you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The work of the Lord is the will of God. That's just, I'm challenging you today. It challenged me. Remember what Jesus said? My food, my purpose, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. I'm striving to finish well. So are you. So let's use our time, our gifts, to expand the kingdom of God and make God look good. You just saw... We're always bringing missionaries to show you they're using their gifts. They leave the home. They go over to do all those things. You guys are doing great. We mentioned we have 4,000 people serving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're doing the will of God. Use your gifts wisely to expand the kingdom of God. And here is the last statement I want to give you. But always be giving ourselves to God and doing his will. Just be ready to give yourself. Don't hold anything back from God. Now look at verse 3. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. Just before the rapture takes place, the unsaved world will be continuing to enjoy what they call life. God isn't in it. He doesn't have a part in it. They're not interested in any of that. They're lonely. They're empty. They're guilty. They're afraid of death. But they're just going through doing life as normal. They're totally deceived by living basically an empty life. It looks good to them. But down deep, they know. See, there's a place that God put in our heart. Unless you have a relationship with God, you are never complete. There's always something. But we're too prideful to admit it. Well, I've got all this and all that. Remember what Jesus said? Don't store up treasure. It's not going with you. has nothing to do with that. But after the rapture, God's judgment starts, the fall of the unbelieving world, and great destruction begins. Whatever the source of their security today, I'm secure. I got a great job, got a nice bank account, and got retirement. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm secure. No, you're not secure. Seconds after the rapture, their security is gone. Look at the last four words. In verse 5, they will not escape. There is no place to run to. Some of you may be here making fun of me right now. I'm not making fun. I'm being serious with you. God loves you. We need to pay attention to the truth that's there. After the rapture, there will be great destruction for all unbelievers. No one left behind will escape the destruction. Now, why did God write us all this? Because he loves us. Can you imagine the rapture coming and none of us knew anything about it? Can you imagine the Bible says, well, when you die, you die. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us how to get right with God and how sin came. He did all of this because he loved us. See, when you think about this, sometimes we wonder why God continues to wait to send Jesus. God, why didn't you do it 10 years ago? Why didn't you do it 25 years ago, God? What are you waiting on? I'll tell you what God's waiting on. Here's his will. None perish. Now, let me ask you a question. How many came to the Lord in the last 20 years? Let me see your hand. How many came Christians in the last 20 years? Now, hold your hand up. Are you glad God's still waiting? Guess what? You'd be in the seven year of tribulation. So God's patient. Some of you here, I'm going to give you the greatest opportunity of your life. It has nothing to do with me, it has to do with God. You know what? God loves you. If you're not a believer yet, He loves you. And He wants to change your life. He's done everything, but you have to do the next thing. Here's a verse I love. If you openly I love the New Living Translation. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's bow our heads. Father, right now. I don't know who's a believer and is not a believer, but you do. And if you're here and say, Pastor Mark, I'd like to be ready for my death or the rapture, don't understand all of that, but I just want to be ready. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to go to heaven. Here's what I want you to do just pray this prayer with me. Be honest, be open. May pray this prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Today I admit I need your forgiveness. I am a sinner. And I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Today I put my faith in the work of Jesus Christ. God, help me to follow you. And to become like you so I can go to heaven and invite other family members and friends to join me.
0: Pastor Mark in today's teaching continued to share with you what the Bible says about the rapture and Jesus' second coming. You were warned to not only be ready for the rapture, but also for your death in case that happens first. You were reminded that just like most things, the way the world observes and analyzes situations is far different than how God looks at things. Well, this brings Pastor Mark's message. Are you ready for the rapture to an end? Next time, he'll begin a brand new teaching called Contrasts in Life. Help us to know what is best. He'll be using items and situations you're familiar with to help show you the difference between how God thinks about things and how the world system looks at and reflects on life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here, Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry